Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this man back. It's, uh, of course, uh, U.S. Representative Tony Gonzalez. Tony, it's District 23, right? That's right. Uh, I always appreciate you coming on, and especially now, it's so timely with this Title 42 about to go away. I want to throw a couple of things out here because it really does blow my mind to see the spin that we're getting from the White House and from the complicit media. I'm going to start with the White House. Karine Jean-Pierre the other day, when asked about Title 42 going away, said, look, President Biden has done the work on the board. I don't, Tony, I don't know what the definition of work is with Queen Jean-Pierre. And then she said the previous administration totally gutted um, the border and our immigration or asylum policies, and we have to try to fix that. That's what we're facing. So it, it turns out it's your fault, it's Trump's fault, it's my fault, I guess, because we liked that we had the border enforcement that was in place. And she says Biden has done the work. What do you think? I think the work that Biden has done was to unravel a secure border. And what we're seeing is exactly what that work looks like. And, and it's sadly, it's deadly to everybody involved. It's pure chaos along the border. It's been that way for over two years. House Republicans have really led the charge and have highlighted all these different uh, avenues. And, and, the, and the administration continues to put their head in the sand. But it's no longer just House Republicans. You're now seeing Democrats come alongside and go, wait a second, my, my community is getting impacted by this. It doesn't end. I mean, th- this, is, uh, this is Hotel California. You can enter, but you can never leave. Yeah, what's interesting to me is the point you just made. Gavin Newsom, who's going to be running for president, suddenly is against Title 42 going away, and it's unsustainable to keep on having the, the flow of, of illegals coming across. Lori Lightfoot said the same thing in Chicago. Eric Adams in New York wants a billion dollars, Tony, to deal with the few thousand that he's been sent. When we know that the border every single day, we've got 2,500, 4,800, 5,000 every day, every two days, and it's not going to slow down with Title 42 going away. So with pressure coming from big-name Democrats like I just mentioned, and even some over in the House of Representatives who are Democrats and some Republicans who are Democrats putting pressure on Biden, will they will they at least stall for a while getting rid of Title 42? As soon as that goes away, it's going to be a flood, isn't it? It, it will. And, and, you know, how, once again, House Republicans have fought to keep Title 42 around, not saying that Title 42 was this perfect piece of legislation, just going, wait a second here. This is the last Trump policy that is that is a Band-Aid that is holding this together. Makes no sense to get rid of it. And they have pushed. Democrats have pushed for this moment that we are at right now, days before Christmas, and they want to strip away the last Trump policy that works. I, yeah, like I said, everyone gets impacted. I just attended a funeral when I was in El Paso a few days ago. 14 Customs and Border Patrol agents have committed suicide to date. This is a historic number. The gentleman that I visited is getting buried at Fort Bliss. Uh, Army Army facility there in El Paso. He had served his country in the Army, was serving his country in the Border Patrol. Life had just gotten too much for him. These are the impacts of failed policies by this administration. I look forward to House Republicans riding the ship. The stunning number, 14, and these were just people that were trying their best to protect our sovereignty, and That's they're right. not getting anything from the White House. Mayorkas is a mess. I hope you guys impeach him sooner than later. At least put that on the table. Maybe he'll resign. He is absolutely horrible. He's lied about the security of the border. We have operational um, um, uh, security or something or control of the border, which, of course, they don't. But then when you see people's lives impacted like this, these men and women are not allowed to enforce the law. They are actually just paper pushers now. Everybody who comes in is allowed to stay. The city of El Paso, run by Democrats, the city council's freaking out. The mayor's freaking out. You've got people, thousands, that are just roaming the streets in an otherwise safe city. What can be done here? 
Uh, other other than because they're going to ignore it in Washington, can you guys, now that you've got the, the majority in the House, can you literally do anything to make there, the border there, safer? There is abs- there's quite a bit, actually. And, and some of it is, is what, what you highlighted there, bringing awareness to what is happening and not just awareness to conservatives, awareness to everybody to go, wait a second, does this look like a safe and humane a humane and orderly process. It's anything further from from what the administration is trying to spin, and, and, and honestly, creating uh, these these uh, these uh, uh, local politicians that otherwise have no interest in helping Republicans. They're trying to keep their head above water. Yeah. Now, now I go back to what can the House can do? One, we're going to hold hearings, and and what what uh, what isn't happening? This administration is not transparent. You know this. They won't let you go into any of these facilities. Right. They won't let you uh, have pictures or be able to tell the story. Uh, they're they're hiding things. So one of the things House Republicans to do is we can bring that out to the light and let the public uh, see forth. The other part is the Appropriations Committee. I sit on House Appropriations Committee. The power of the purse is real, and we have to be able to wield it. We always talk about you know we will give more defense if you get more non discretion uh, non defense spending. We never talk about hey you will get less money. It's only more, more, more. I think we have to look at it uh, from an appropriation standpoint and go, what are we getting for our resources? I had a uh, U.S. Taxpayer dollars. Oh, exactly right. I had uh, Kat Kamek on, the representative from District 3 in Florida the other day. She says that you guys can and will and should use the new leverage that you have now to tell the Senate, we're not going to pass or even take up any bill you send us unless you defund the 87,000 IRS agents and move that money to the border where it's needed. You also brought this up um, uh, that I can't go there with my cell phone and take a picture. You did get a picture in one of these facilities, and I saw it on one of the news outlets, where I guess they were supposed to allow for 1,000 people. How many were actually there? So this is a new new facility. It was built in 2020, and they built it with the idea of going, we'll never need this facility, but we'll have it just in case. And it can hold 1,040 people. When I was there, it was 4,600. Come on. Earlier in the week, there were 50, up to 5,700 there. You know, they have these little pods that can hold about 100 people, PAGs. There was over 500 people. There's like people just just uh, smashed into this room. Uh, Border Patrol agents are pumping people out as fast as can be. But there's no end in sight. See, the, the, the problem isn't more money. The problem isn't. Uh, immigration reform or some of the things that the administration talks about. The problem is simply enforce the laws that are already on the books. That's what Trump got right. He focused on enforcing laws, and then from there, everything else worked itself out. So you've got almost five times what's allowed there. I mean, how is that humane? How is that humane to have a facility that should house a 1,000? You've got almost 5,000 there. How do they even move? It must be a horrible uh, set of conditions. And you and I have talked about this. You know, we're both human beings. We've got families. We love people. I don't want these uh, these illegal immigrants to be treated as badly as they are. Little girls raped on the way by the cartels. Women raped on the way. Men kidnapped and killed if they don't turn their families over to allow the cartels. We're actually harming them, aren't we? They're getting this promise that is an untrue promise. Many of them get here. They've got the armbands on that you've seen the wristbands on because they're indentured servants now to somebody in the cartel who's based here in America. It's like both sides. We're just, we're not caring about anybody on either side of the border. And it doesn't make sense, Tony. What what do we do when 5,000 or where 1,000 should be? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, these these people, one, they've come into our country illegally, so they have broken a crime. We have to remember that. You know, I, I get many of them are coming here for economic purposes, but they broke a crime. If you walk through one of these facilities, PAGs, it will change you. You cannot view it the same. It's the reason why the administration and so many House Democrats 
don't want to even uh, uh, attend yeah. because once you see it, you can't unsee it. You, the smells, the, the desperation in people's eyes. I mean, it is freezing in El Paso right now, literally below freezing. Yeah. You've got people without jackets. I mean, it's just it's a terrible situation all the way around. The, what, what can we do, though? And I get this question all the time is one. It, we have to remember it is we the people that, 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 uh, that determine this government and we have to remain vocal. And we have to hold our, our uh, uh, elected leaders uh, accountable. And, and our job is to basically enforce the laws that are already in the books. And, and I keep pushing the administration. They're going to be forced to, just like every other presidency, is going to be forced to deal with the border crisis. I was hoping it would be sooner rather than later. But you can feel the pressure of the administration. They, they'll, they'll be forced to do something. Do the Republicans in the House, along with you, I think you do, do they have the backbone to use that leverage that Kat Kamet, uh, Kamek uh, talked about on my show? We will not even look at a piece of legislation that starts in the Senate unless you do what we want. Will, will you do that, really? I think you. I think in some cases you have to, but I'll give you an example. Everyone has. There's 435 members. Every member has a completely different style than the next. My style has always been: be firm in who you are. You know, conservative in your values, but look for ways to try to solve problems. I'll give you an example. Uh, Senator Cinema. Her and I have worked on some piece of legislation before. She calls me. I don't know if you you, you uh, a couple weeks ago they were putting together this immigration package. Right. Her and Senator Tillis. So she calls me. We start talking through through a few different things, and this is what I told her. I go, I, I go, look, Christian. I like, I get what you're trying to do. You don't want Title 42 to, wait, to go away and all these different things. But I am telling you, uh, amnesty is dead on arrival. No one has any interest in that. Right. So, like I said, people have different strategies. My own strategy has always been to be part of the conversation to prevent bad legislation from ever getting off the ground. I know that's not sexy, bags. Everybody wants to pass a bill and say, hey, I've got this plan to execute. But a lot of times it's killing bad pieces of legislation. So I take that part of it very serious. Good. It is uh, U.S. Representative District 23 Republican, great state of Texas, a great representative, Tony Gonzalez. I want to ask you about Henry Cuellar, Um, District 28 uh, Democrat. He's been on my show. We follow each other on Twitter. I don't dislike Henry Cuellar, but I thought we had a real opportunity to get a Republican in that that seat. Now, you didn't endorse Cuellar. I'm not suggesting that you did, but you were on with Neil Cavuto on Fox and I remember you saying something to the effect of, I look forward to working for the next several years with uh, with Representative Cuellar in fixing the problems at the border. Tony, he's been in that position since 1987. And as much as he talks the talk, I don't think he's walked the walk. Why, why do you have confidence that you can work with a guy like Henry Cuellar? And again, I don't, I don't dislike him. I just didn't yeah. get it. Yeah, look, uh, Cassie Garcia was a, was a fantastic candidate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I hope she runs again. And, uh, you know, she uh, I think she'll do a good job when her time is right. Henry Cuellar is is literally the the only Democrat that understands the issue. I'll give you an example. I have worked. I work with Henry daily. Uh, just this just last week, him and I, uh, we had a meeting with the Customs and Butter, uh, Customs and Border Patrol Commissioner, yeah. uh, Troy Miller. I mean, this is a guy that's in charge of everything. And, and he came and he met with, with, with Henry and I, and we were walking through a week before all this happened to go, what is the plan? And yeah. we walked through it, and then I stopped halfway and go, just to be clear, because I'm not clear, what is the plan? And then he walks through some more. I mean, this is an hour-long discussion. Henry, at the end, goes, hey, look, uh, not to be rude, but I'm also confused. What is the plan? Right. So th- the way I look at it is you have to have people that, that understand the topic. H- Henry lives on Laredo, uh, you know, and, and he, has been, he has been a champion on it. But, but, we, but once again, 
you know, we got to put we got to put uh, the American people above politics. And uh, if you're not willing to do that, then then you can't help solve this crisis. I think what you just said is absolutely 100 percent correct. My only question really is the guy hasn't been able to get it done since 1987. And I want him to get it done. I want him to be a man of his word. And I know that you deal with him every day. I've only met him once and I had him on the show once. I thought he was great on the show, but he's still a pretty reliable Democrat vote. Um, What is he saying to you that makes you confident that you can get him as a vote when real immigration legislation comes up or when it's time to maybe impeach Mayorkas or it's time to say no to Title 42? On immigration, is he as conservative as you? Uh, I don't know exactly where Henry is on on immigration, but I yeah. will. I kind of go back to that point where uh, killing legislation before it gets going. Henry does a lot of that on his side, meaning you know they will call him early on and go, "Hey, we want to do this. You know, we want to uh, uh, you know have these have these social workers instead of border patrol agents." Yeah, right. And he'll go, "That is a terrible idea. I'm out." And you know, like he is almost the first linchpin in them trying to get away with certain things. And, but I mean, look, every 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 uh, he's got a district that he represents, and, and and that's you know his 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 prerogative on there. I'm looking for partners, Pat. Yeah. I'll work with anybody that wants this problem to go away because, as you know, I mean, this impacts our district, my district here, 823 miles. You know, I, I can't wait a year. I can't wait two years right. uh, until you know we we have a change in the White House. People need help today. Yeah. And what I like, the one thing I like about Henry Cuellar on policy, and again, seems like a nice enough guy in person, is that he is calling out the Biden administration. And he is saying, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they're doing this. And they need to do something to help out this area. It's uh, U.S. Representative District 23 Republican, Tony Gonzalez. And I appreciate the time and the access. While I have you, what is going to happen with the speaker's um, uh, job? Because now we've got people saying that somehow you guys have the majority, but Hakeem Jeffries could become the speaker. Is that possible? Well, first off, you know, we worked very hard. We, uh, House Republicans, yes. hell, the American people worked hard to fire Nancy Pelosi. Yes. And and we should all be doing backflips for that. There is no way that we uh, we can allow, House Republicans can allow uh, Keem Jeffries to be the speaker. I mean, they, they talk about bad news. And, and look, this happens sometimes. Republicans, we're all very independent. We we, we like to be heard, and, and we're not going to be quiet, and we're not going to fall in line, per se. Um, and I think that's part of a good thing. But but at, at some point, there goes, we have to go forward because there's too much at stake. Securing, you mentioned uh, securing the border. That has to happen right away. Right away. Help the American people. Doing away with 87,000 IRS agents. Energy independence. Yes. Uh, you know, some of the foreign policy failures. These are the things that the American people, uh, the stuff that's happening with Hunter Biden. I mean, some of the investigations that need to take place. We can't be playing games. And we've seen this before, Pags, where House Republicans, you know, had a seat at the table and we just wasted it. There's there's no there's no uh, time. I mean, time is of the essence. The Democrats uh, have really taken this country apart and we got to stop the bleeding. I want to ask you one last question, and I appreciate Tony Gonzalez coming on, and and just great information, great insight. You're on the border every day. The Biden administration is ignoring the border every day. The the, the, um, Customs and Border Patrol agents, 14 suicides in the last year is nuts to me, and I know that the morale is in the toilet. What can you say to them? These are the people that are our front line trying to protect um, all of us here in America. What do you say to them? Because with the House uh, going to the Republicans, I don't know that you can do as much as you would do, of course, if you had the Senate and the presidency, obviously. But what can you do to buoy their attitudes and their and their just uh, their whole morale uh, and take it out of the uh, out of the dumps and tell them, look, we've got your back now. Don't worry, we're on it. 
You know what I, you know what I do, Pags, is I show up. A, a large part yeah. of me going to the El Paso on uh, this past Friday was to to let the the border patrol agents know, hey, I know 42 is about to go away and it's about to get a rough ride. But there are people that love you and appreciate everything you're doing and keep your head up and be strong. Good. And uh, and I walked through there and yes, we took some videos and wanted to share everything. But that really wasn't what the trip was about. It was about attending a funeral of a Border Patrol agent that had, that had uh, committed suicide and let his family know you're not alone. It was walking through and talking to Border Patrol agents. And as you talk to these folks, everyone has a family. They all have two, three kids and so I go, hey, look, keep your head up for your family. You know, this is about them. And it, it, it's those type of things that just showing up that is just so critical and go policy comes and go and we're yeah. fighting for policy. And sometimes you have more resources than, than other times. But at the end of the day, we appreciate what you're doing. I will tell you some things, just some tangible things that I've been working on with, with uh, some of my house colleagues is just some some pay raises uh, some targeted pay raises, some um, uh, uh, retention bonuses, Good. not for new agents, but agents that have been on the line 15 years. How do you give them just a little a little pat on the back and go, hey, we could use you for five more years? These are the kind of things that they're 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 people. They're people just like you and me, and they're getting crushed. So a lot of times it's not, hey, I've got this great bill that's going to change the world. That's not what they're looking for. They're going, Tony, you show up and you just care about us. Right. You know, thank you. I'm glad you're doing it, Tony. Merry Christmas to you and yours. If we don't talk before then, and Happy New Year. Thanks a lot for coming on. Merry Christmas, Pags. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Great to have you. I appreciate you stopping by. The interview with Tony Gonzalez will be posted tonight. I think he's got a lot of really good things to say. And hopefully the Republicans can be strong and really take that leadership role and get something done on the border. We've got much more coming next hour. It'll be Crate News with Kay on a Monday. Plus, I've got a bunch of sound bites from Corrine Jean-Pierre, who either is completely disconnected or thinks that we're stupid. I'm not, it could be both. I'm not sure. Keep it here. Joe Pack's coming back. This is the Joe Pack Show.